nobody wakes up one day, decides they're going to be a professional MMA fighter, walks onto the mat, and proceeds to body everybody in the gym. Unless you're maybe John Jones, of course. However, no matter how good a fighter might be or how many hours they've put in at the gym, there are always roadblocks in a combat sports career, and in most cases, fighters will constantly return to the drawing board for reinvention and self-improvement. Some competitors don't subscribe to this school of thought, however, and despite facing numerous opponents that were able to exploit their weaknesses, they refuse to adapt or change their style moving forward. I'm Balian from MMA On Point, and the road to UFC 264 starts now. That's right, bet online official partners to MMA On Point are back, which means you can join us for UFC 264 using the promo code ONPOINT to get a 50% sign-up bonus good for up to $1,000. You can play along with us on July 11th at UFC 264 for our live in-studio fight companion featuring future UFC star Paddy Pimblett and England's own Blake Harrison, actor extraordinaire and host of the MMA Fan Podcast. More on that later, but for now, here are 10 fighters who never evolved. Number 10, Paul Daly. Exploding on other fighters' chins since 2003, Semtech's Paul Daly has achieved a career longevity and sustainability that very few fighters could even contemplate. Successfully knocking people out across an 18-year period and tucking 60 professional fights under his belt with 80% of his wins coming via a finish. And of course, when you have as much power in your left hook as Mr. Daly has, it's pretty clear to see why you wouldn't come to rely on anything else throughout your career. Wrestling, BJJ, foreign concepts to Semtex, who has been content to stand and trade with each and every opponent that would allow him across his near double decade run. Of course, many opponents didn't enjoy the prospect of gunslinging with a man nicknamed after an explosive, and so did indeed look to take him down, and unfortunately for Paul, he's never really evolved his grappling game throughout his career, content to stick with what has been working for him. The man has racked up 42 wins, so you can't argue with his choice of tactics, but it is pretty clear to see that despite his extreme veteran status, Paul's tool belt still consists of pretty much that one big hammer, and that's about it. Number 9. Quinton Rampage Jackson has there ever been a more lovable package of muscle, extreme athleticism, and unbridled fury as Rampage Jackson? Regardless, Rampage has always been a fan favorite, and it's pretty easy to see why, demonstrating his extremely fan-friendly style of slams, one-punch KOs, and jovial persona during his time at Pride and into his UFC career. Rampage's biggest strength has always been his explosiveness and his boxing, but as the sport transitioned into its aptly named mixed martial arts status, Rampage's one-dimensional approach to combat started to wear a little thin. Matchups against well-rounded competitions such as Jon Jones, Ryan Bader, and Glover Teixeira started to show a few holes in Rampage's game, and more often than not, rather than try to improve his own arsenal of techniques, he would whimsically brush off his losses and move on to the next one. Rampage kept that same plodding forward look to time a big punch style for the rest of his career, and of course, some Sometimes he was able to execute and render his opponent unconscious, and others was outclassed and outmaneuvered with the nuances of MMA combat. Forever in our hearts and a fan favorite will Rampage be, but looking at where he started in the early 2000s in Pride and where he ended up, he almost regressed in his style rather than evolved along with the sport. Number 8. Jail Sonnen what you gonna do when you know who signs the bout agreement to fight you? And how you gonna deal with the man of steel? How you gonna react to Sonnen's attack? Most likely learn some takedown defense and keep the fight standing is the answer most opponents would give in consideration of a scheduled bout with the American gangster Chael Sonnen. The key
key ingredient to the success of the NCAA alumni is of course his wrestling prowess and takedown assault, and this worked on multiple occasions to great effect as he beat the likes of Michael Bisping, Nate Marquardt, and even Anderson Silva until the unfortunate happened. Regardless, in terms of taking down another man and controlling them, Chael has always had success, except that one mismatch against John Jones, where he has struggled unfortunately are the other aspects of MMA. Say what you want before the fight, but when it's done, you accept the result, is one of the numerous quotes by the bad guy, and this was certainly his attitude throughout his career. Amidst the trash talk and banded words, he would accept his losses and move on, but we never saw the spark of change ignite in Sonnen, and he never deviated from his wrestling game plan. And why wouldn't he? He is arguably one of the best wrestlers to compete in MMA, but we certainly never saw any attempts for him to round out the other areas of his game, which in his losses was almost always to his detriment. Number 7. Jake Shields for some fighters, they have one skill that carries them so far we don't get to see their shortcomings until it's on full display against the highest level of opponent. This was never more true than for the Caesar Gracie fight team member, Jake Shields. First of all, it's important to say that if you're as good a grappler as Jake, then yeah, why would you ever try to do anything else? He racked up a 26-4 record before challenging GSP for a UFC title and looked damn impressive doing it. But that's not what today's list is about, and it's undeniable to say that Shields game hasn't really evolved across his 19-year career. Get the fight to the mat and go for the submission. And yeah, that's fine, until you realize this is mixed martial arts, and to be the very best, you have to be able to adapt to your opponent's shortcomings and take advantage, or at the very least, be well-rounded enough to compete in all areas, thus making it easier to establish whatever the core of the game plan will be. In his title bout against Georges St. Pierre, whose own grappling credentials were enough to keep the fight on its feet, we saw the depths of striking, which consisted almost entirely of eye gouges, by the way. Despite his extremely high-level grappling pedigree, if he couldn't get the fight to the map, it was almost a foregone conclusion that he wouldn't walk away the victor. Number 6. Ronda Rousey it's hard to pinpoint a more one-dimensional start to an MMA career than that of Rowdy Ronda Rousey as she picked up her first eight wins all by armbar following some kind of judo toss, and we'd need our own Tom Ransom in here to give us the technical names. However, despite her picking up two subsequent TKOs while UFC champion via a knee to the body and a looping right hand, the argument for her place in this ear MMA list is the fact that she didn't actually evolve her MMA game. We only thought she did. Despite her pairing with credentials, MMA coach Edmund Tarverdian, who proceeded to coach her boxing and stand-up skills, what we actually saw from Rousey in subsequent bouts wasn't exactly up to par with the rest of the division. Against Holly Holm, when she was unable to secure a clinch position for a takedown, we saw her completely outmatched on the feet, and subsequently against Amanda Nunes, it was clear she had no place in the same octagon, as she was unable to mount any kind of striking offense or even defense. Whether we can attribute this lack of evolution to her aforementioned coach, or to Rousey herself, remains a mystery. She was certainly a fantastic athlete and probably one of the best MMA grapplers of all time, but despite her efforts to round out her game, her only consistent success came by way of her armbar. Number 5. Motherfucking Nate Diaz Sometimes it's not the lack of a well-rounded MMA game that leads to losses, but more of a stubbornness to make adjustments to consistent weaknesses exploited by opponents. Well, enter Nate Diaz, a man who can be just as deadly on the feet as he can on the mat with his Gracie BJJ black belt and extremely credentialed boxing. Despite this, Diaz has lost plenty of bouts, showing a pattern of weakness and no signs of correcting them. Leg kicks have always played a factor in almost any Diaz loss, along with his refusal to check them. Most recently, 
Leon Edwards managed to land 23 of 23 leg kicks in their bout, and Nate barely attempted to check even one. As well as this, we've seen a commitment to his jiu-jitsu while on the mat, content to lie on his back working for submissions in bouts where he's been taken down and controlled multiple times instead of attempting to possibly return to the feet. Nate certainly has more wins than losses, but time after time we see opponents use the same strategies laid out nearly 10 years ago to great effect, and Diaz being Diaz has certainly showed no signs of evolving his game to compensate. When it works, it's beautiful, but when it doesn't, you can't help screaming at the screen begging Nate to make the adjustments that would surely carry him to the top. Number 4. Damian Meyer Few have displayed the level of grappling wizardry possessed by Damian Meyer in mixed martial arts, and he currently still holds the record for most rear naked choke wins in the UFC. The Brazilian began his career with a focus on demonstrating the effectiveness of pure jiu-jitsu, and he certainly did just that as he racked up 11 submissions since his UFC debut in 2007. However, since then we've really not seen Maia bring his other skills up to the same level as his deadliest weapon. And sure, that's a tall order as his BJJ is near god level, but as we all know by now, being able to mix up your strategies and attacks can only benefit you in the long run. But you know what? It works, and he's competed at the highest level and knocked off several top-tier opponents, including Jorge Masvidal, Carlos Condit, John Fitch, and Chael Sonnen. The only problem is every opponent knows exactly what he's going to do, and he's fallen short against many, including Tyron Woodley, Rory McDonald, and most recently Bilal Muhammad, who were all able to read and negate his grappling attack. Maya has certainly used his striking when he's needed it, but it's never been the thing to get the job done, and it certainly hasn't improved compared to other grapplers such as Ryan Bader, Fabricio Verdum, or even Rafael Dos Anjos, who were all able to evolve their game. Number 3. Mike Perry Sometimes you wonder what it could be that prevents a fighter from advancing their MMA game. Inconsistent training camps, lack of proper coaching or discipline. For Platinum Mike Perry, it's a combination of all the above and more. And at one point, he certainly had everything going for him in his career. Age, extreme athleticism, natural fighting instincts, and clear talent. However, as he progressed through the UFC roster, it became clearer and clearer that Perry's game had become a little stuck in the mud. He initially became a fan favorite with his aggressive style and KO performances, but as the years have passed, we've all been waiting for Mike to come into his own as the athlete and fighter we hoped he could be, but despite attempts to change game plans in a few bouts, he's unfortunately stayed the same brawler he always has. Bouncing around various MMA teams and camps as well as adopting his girlfriend as his coach and corner certainly haven't helped, and compared to where we all thought Perry would be, it's unfortunate to see him unable to string together a winning streak and make the changes necessary to reach the highest level. Number 2. Ben Askren in at number two, we have another example of an MMA athlete who showed such dominance in one aspect of the game that all the other skills were completely left by the wayside. Yes, I'm talking about the funky one, Ben Askren. And hey, who am I to argue with what works, as at one point Ben had accrued a 19-0 record in his 10-year MMA career, taking down and controlling some high-level competition, including Douglas Lima and Jay Hiron. But it is no secret that Ben neglected pretty much all of the striking aspects of MMA, and of course, other than developing his grappling techniques, showed pretty much zero evolution across his combat sports journey. Marginal improvements aside, the game plan was always the same, and up until his post-first retirement run in the UFC, it had worked out just dandy for him. His tendency to shoot takedowns led to a 5-second Masvidal KO, and had he given more attention to his striking, he perhaps would have been able to compete more in his final bout against Maya. But hey, the man should be proud, as he successfully defended his one championship belt five times, just please 
please. No more boxing matches, Ben. Number 1. Chuck Liddell the UFC has had several peaks in popularity throughout the years, always led by a figurehead of the sport, and it just so happens in the early 2000s that that man was a mohawk-sporting knockout artist nicknamed the Iceman, Chuck Liddell. Liddell's rise to fame was timed perfectly with the UFC's emergence into the mainstream sporting and pop culture world, and who better to herald it into the 21st century than a terrifying berserker of a man like Chuck? His preference to headhunt and look for the kill certainly helped with his popularity, and his background in wrestling helped him keep the bouts on the feet, but aside from looping his overhand and trying to sever his opponents from their consciousness, the Iceman's overall MMA game barely evolved past that. With a takedown average of 0.44 per 15 minutes, granted most of his fights never went the distance and he only got three takedowns in his first eight years with the promotion, he also boasted a submission average of 0.0. Chuck's game plan never deviated from that which made him so popular in the first place, go for the KO, and we loved him for it. Unfortunately, towards the tail end of his career, a couple of takedowns might have gone a long way. Thanks again to our official partners BetOnline. Make sure to come over and join us at BetOnline.ag to get a 50% sign-up bonus good for up to $1,000. You can play along with us on July 11th at UFC 264 for our live in-studio fight companion featuring future UFC star Paddy Pimblett and England's own Blake Harrison, actor extraordinaire and host of the MMA Fan Podcast. Big shout out and thank you to Max Randall for editing this video. You can follow him on Twitter. Shout out to Ben Rosette and the excellent music he provided during the intro video. His music can be found on streaming platforms everywhere. There is a link in the description and follow him at Ben Rosette on Instagram and on Twitter. Thank you very much for watching everyone today. Please go ahead and like and subscribe if you did enjoy the content. We upload at least three videos every week for your viewing pleasure. Go ahead and leave a comment below if you want to join in the discussion and follow us on Twitter at MMA on Point and myself at Balian underscore plays. You can now jump in and join the community discord as well if you want to continue the discussion further and I hope you've enjoyed yourselves. I'll see you in the next one.